Absolutely fantastic idea to me. Um, yeah, I want to ask that. I want to answer that question. We'll go a little bit into that, but also we want to cover topics like where does strategy, brand strategy, meet marketing? Where's that crossover between brand and marketing? What is brand? You know, a lot to a lot of people, it's quite a quite a fluffy or loose term, brand and branding. So we're going to get under the skin of what that is and what it means to us. And, and, and why is your brand your most important asset? That's another topic that we want to cover. Welcome to Brand Scran, a mini series brought to you by Divided by Brand. Brand Scran talks about brand strategy. And I've got an expert on this mini-series called Alistair Gladstone. And we're going to explore some incredibly valuable and some incredibly interesting topics to help you as a business owner understand more about the value that brand can bring to your business. Join me, Dan O'Cock, and Alistair, as we co-host this special five-part podcast mini-series, focusing specifically around topics involving brand, brand identity, and brand strategy. Welcome to Brand Scran mini-series one. And I've got somebody in that we need to introduce and I, I guess I'll say we've got somebody I've got somebody you don't even know who I am perhaps you've listened to this um, mini series in complete separation to my own podcast so we're going to give a little rundown to who we've got and who I am um, so that you can hear and understand a little bit more about the both of us that will be on this this mini series so my name is Dan um, and I'm a brand identity specialist with over 20 years experience and I'm founder of Vi Design Co Limited and I work with entrepreneurs really to transform products and services into brands with identities that people can't ignore. I'm also the host of Divided by Brand uh, which this podcast is brought to you as part of uh, and this mini series I, I wanted to produce it and I wanted it to be the first one that I did um, and as part of a nice way to round off 2021. But it's not about me, these mini-series, very much um, not the focus. Once I definitely do not want to be the focus. I want to introduce my co-host, is probably the best way, um, Alistair, Alistair Gladstone. Are you there? Dan, I'm here. How are you doing? It's good to hear from you, mate. It is, and we have, so that everybody knows... Um, we've been planning this for a little while, haven't we? We have. Um, I think the embryo of the idea was probably about three months ago when we when we got to know each other a little bit, um, hit it off, and then and then this this has just flourished since. And we thought, you know what? Let's let's go for it. Let's grasp it. Let's have some fun with it, and hopefully educate and entertain along the way. I think that, yeah, that's the basis of it all. But tell us, I mean, Alistair, you own a business called Fettle, and I want you to just mm -hmm. give a bit of background to what it is you do and how long you've been doing it as well. No problem. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the founder of a, of, of a brand strategy company called Fettle. Um, you're probably picking up on the Geordie accent um, in all of this. Um, in Newcastle, we... When you're in a good mood, you say we're in a canny fettle. Um, so I wanted to call the business um, something which um, reminded me of where I'm from. But also, fettle is all always really the. I guess the dis dictionary definition is about making something which isn't 
quite right for the market, perfect for the market. Fettling um, would be normally done with a, a piece of metal. You take the edges off it um, and in order that it's absolutely fit for purpose. And I guess that's kind of what I do, Dan. I, you know, I, I, I help SMEs out and larger companies um, who perhaps didn't fully consider what their brand um, was about, what, you know, what it did, and we're going to be we're going to be talking more about that during the course of this session in yeah. particular, and 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 getting it absolutely perfect for for the marketplace. So I I think a lot, I ask a lot of questions, I write a lot. I guess I'm the words guy. You're the pictures guy. Yeah, I, I do like that little um, breakdown, that little analogy, but. As you can hear, Alistair is the man, and hopefully as we go through this mini-series, you, as a listener, will understand why there's a perfect partnership, and there's a bit of a cheesy word coming up, there's a synergy between what we both do, um, and yeah, the words and the pictures breakdown is is perfect, really. Uh, and I liked it when you said that, Alistair, that you make things fit for purpose, because um, that word fettle to me, I, I you give it a good fettle. It's making it right, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what I took from your name when I when I first read it. But a name is a, is a, is always a good place to start when you've got a little bit of a story to tell behind it. Hundred um, percent. You know, I, I I guess my style and your style to a degree as well is 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 quite challenging. And I think fettle is about challenging. And I think. That's one of the themes that we'll we'll circle around during the course of this series. Um, just because you're the business owner doesn't necessarily mean that that you know all the answers, and that's that's you know that's kind of where where we can help. I think. Yeah, and so yeah, we got introduced. We had a chat, like we were saying before, um, and really, we very quickly realised that you know. I, in a way, I was looking for this this person who was a deep thinker, but you were also looking for the right designer. And by listening to how we both tackle projects, work with our clients, the process that we lead them through, there was like an in, there was an instant natural business connection, wasn't there? I love a good synergy, Dan. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I know it's a little bit of a, a cliched word, but but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, am I a deep thinker? I, I don't know. Um, I, I like to think so, but I'll let sort of you and clients tell me if that's true or not. But I'll tell you what, I'm not, and I'm not a graphic designer. You know, I, I really struggle when it comes to, um, uh, you know, that end of, of what we do, but I, I recognize its importance to businesses and you can't have one without the other and that's that's where that's why we work well together i think yeah and i could you know to make your head a little bit bigger but i could tell straight away that you had a way with words and mm. i really admire that um because it's incredibly important um with brand and there's a process no, with words to be able to explain it's about communication mm. and that's written communication as well as visual communication mm. and I could tell and I hope everyone listening could tell that you I feel like you top trump me on the knowledge front which I love because um, I like I like learning from people who um, you know are more experienced in certain areas but yeah I think you know what you what you offer is just that you know that, that that part of the the puzzle when it comes to brand that you will push different boundaries that will open doors for those clients that give me as a designer you know extra insights that I'll be able to to, to draw on literally uh, and come up with with brand and brand identities awesome um thanks for that Dan I'll take that all day long but, <laughs> but you know what generally what I do is listen you know pe people have usually got the story already they usually got the answers they usually got the ideas they just don't have someone who can exercise those out and, and capture them and read read it back to them which is a moment of real joy because they go ah oh, that's brilliant aren't you great and i'm like well no you you told me you told me what it was you did and what you do so so happy days it's a good moment so a little that's been a little bit about us both and that's how we kind of met that's how we kind of came up with 
um, this, you know, co-presented mini-series, if you like. Um, and we've called it Brand Scran, which is very professional, Alistair, isn't it? Mm. Why did we call it Brand Scran? Because I said, ooh, I like the sound of Brand Scran. <laughs> I, I think it was as simple as that. I think um, you said it's got an in both <laughs> words. And I went, yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually got a ran in both words, hasn't yeah, it? It does. See, he's already uh, proven his worth <laughs> and picking me up on the smaller points. Um, we, no, I mean, seriously, what, why did we call it Brand Brand? I think, um, so I came up with the idea of Brand Fodder, which we that quite liked. And then that led to jordifying it a little. Jordifying it. Jordifying it. Yeah, we uh, need to point out we're not Ant and Deck, are we? We're, 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 no, we're not. Um, no. We, <laughs> Which however, I, think I think that was another name suggestion. We, I think it was not Ant and Deck. However, we are A and D. So, yeah. so there you go. Ooh. But I, th I think, I mean, hopefully... Um, this will be a bit off the cuff. It will be challenging. It's not meant to be foisty and corporate, and and hopefully it will sort of feed people's thoughts and imaginations. And I think hopefully Brand Scran does all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So there was some logic there. We didn't just pluck it out of thin air. And I think that's actually a, a nice little segue, pl plucking things out of thin air and you know not just dreaming things up. This first episode that we want to talk about um, is basically why you shouldn't dream up your brand in a pub, isn't it? It's exactly it. Yeah. And, you know, really, you know, what we want to do is talk about the fact that brand is, it's usually not fully considered when a company is launched. And, you know, having your brand not fully formed when it's launched is is the norm but how important is it to tackle it at some point in in the first three years of your company's mm. existence we're going to chat about that we're going to chat about what brand actually is not just your logo believe it or not which a lot of people still think it is uh, you know what? What do we see when it comes to typical growth cycles of a company? What is brand optimization? Why is brand your most important asset? Brand strategy, marketing strategy. We're gonna we're gonna cover up off all these topics on this particular episode. So, don't dream your brand up in the pub. Again, why? Quite like the idea of that, Alistair. What do what why why don't why should we not dream our brand up in the pub? Yeah, I, I um th this is this is a bit of a saying of mine and and you know what, Dan, I'm gonna generalize a little bit. So picture the scene. You're in the pub, you you're in your local. What's what's your local called, Dan? Uh, we'll go with the Huntsman. It's a good pub, that one. We're in, the, we're in the Huntsman, and we are following up on that amazing product idea we've had or service idea. You know, we, we've we've got the idea of a, a business that we want to launch, and um, we realise through conversations with our friends or our co-owners that we need to call it something. But the problem is... We've had a couple of jars by that point, and we we give it a name which seems to be right for the moment, and we run with the name. I know I'm generalising here, but you know what? It's quite fun to do that, I think. Um, the, the point being, when we wake up in the morning and we get rid of our hangovers, what we tend to do is we push on with building that business, and I guess businesses follow and again, I'm generalizing slightly, but they will follow a, a sort of a well-documented growth pattern, won't they? You'll, you'll, you'll want a website and you'll want a logo and you'll want to get some leads, which you might do via marketing, you might do via sales. Yeah. You'll start growing your business. You'll realize that you need policies and procedures in place. You'll realize that you need to recruit people and have them 
um, sort of, you know, sell and develop the product on your behalf almost. And hopefully during the course of that, whatever period we're talking about, two, three, five years, you'll be successful. Um, but the problem that I encounter again and again is it gets to that point and that thing that you decided all those years ago after three pints of mild in the huntsman <laughs> um you know which is your brand and in inverted commas it, it just doesn't cut it and we often we often need the story of a business to evolve before we can decipher exactly what it is that we stand for and and you know what that potentially what we should be called depending on how much equity we've already got um brand wise but but certainly what what our values are what we stand for what are we doing what makes us different um and and that's you know that's where businesses come to me uh, and and they won't articulate it like that but they will say something like something's wrong ali but we don't know what it is can you help and and, yeah. and that's kind of the start of of my intervention um i think you get you, you, i guess you, what what essentially happens is you it, it you poke holes in it really and if it's not got a solid set of foundations um you know a wall is probably a good, a good analogy a house you build a house you start with start with good solid foundations mm. and it's a bit cheesy to say that when you talk about a brand because it'll have been done umpteen times but yeah the the, the reason you don't sit and dream it up in the pub is because it's not been properly thought out it, it mm. won't have that solid tactical thinking mm. strategic thinking probably the best way mm. um, when you think it through how does it affect the growth cycle of that company because I know you just threw in a few elements there that sort of spin out or spin off from brand and brand strategy so websites and then they start mm. getting into that marketing side so when you get brand right and do it properly, how does that, what does that growth cycle look like? Mm. You've got a typical example of your clients. Um, what, 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 what happens is everything becomes consistent, I, th I think. Um, so what, what the, um, in order for a business to cut through these days, it's it's really hard, isn't it? There are fewer and fewer um, unique opportunities. There are fewer and fewer points of differentiation. I think it's really hard for a product or service, a message to cut through. And when you have properly considered your brand, because you end up with a, a a set of you know brand values a brand promise a core message you can start making sure that all of the communications that come out of your business are consistent and the market loves that yeah or the the, the, the flip side of it the mark the market is so quickly turned off your target audience is so quickly turned off these days by inconsistent messages so the analogy i would use here is uh, we're all punters we're all consumers you see an advert for a product you think you want that the advert might be online you you click on it and the first thing you see uh, is you know it doesn't feel like that advert that you clicked on because the words are different because it looks different because the offer is different because the product is called something different yeah and even from a design perspective, sorry to jump in, but the you know the you said words, but even the fonts, you know, if you don't Absolutely. get them right, yeah. And consistency is is one of the I have six core pillars that I measure, you know, brand and how it's performing, and consistency is one of those core pillars for me. You're right, it's huge. A hundred percent. So. I mean, in, in marketing terms, we call this friction, don't we? Um, it, it's a term that we use to describe that feeling of of inconsistency. And as soon as there's friction in, you, in, in, in that 
consumer's decision-making process, you know what, they'll jump off. They've got a hundred other websites, a hundred other offers, a hundred other products that they'll be considering instead. Um, so to answer your question, I, I think that that um, growth cycle becomes much more efficient because it, it's grounded in, in a single place and, and all, of those, all of those messages are consistent. And also, tell me what you think, but when, when it comes to that growth cycle and that consistency, I see it also having an impact on culture within that business as well because if you've got staff involved with a company you know sometimes i work with 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 just solopreneurs who have the business on their own but quite often if it's kind of that 10 to 20 uh you know employee range they they want to know what they're part of and feel like they understand the business and so when it comes to 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 being consistent, if I feel like if those employees know what it's about, they can represent the business correctly and they feel part of it as a brand. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes absolute sense. And I, I think I, I, I think you're bang on. Um, when, I, when I help an organisation to... Um, to, to understand their brand values, what I'll say to them is these are absolutely indistinct from your cultural values. They're, they're, they are the same things because if you're not living your brand, i.e. your culture in an organization, you're not, you're not being authentic. And again, that's friction and the marketplace will turn off. So, so I, I, I I, I think the cultural values and brand values are are, are are the same. You know, I do start getting a little bit worried when daylight starts appearing between the two. Yeah, and I think where I was actually meaning to go with the cultural side and tying it into the growth was that the, the, that that all the staff members are just so critical to the growth of a company. And if you've got somebody that starts to act as a lone wolf or doesn't understand. It's very detrimental from what I've seen and experienced. So if no, if if everybody isn't on the same page, it just takes one. I mean, it's that analogy again of a cog. If there's one um, tooth on the cog that's knackered, it skips a beat when it comes round, doesn't it? Hundred um, percent. I think you're right. And and you know. There's an adage about reputation taking years to build up and it can take minutes to dismantle, can't it? And I I think that's where the the risk can be. Yeah. And I know this first topic was around that typical growth cycle. I think it's typical, but I definitely think that brand um, is huge for people or businesses experiencing a, a plateau, a kind of ceiling point of growth. Um, that should be saying to themselves, maybe I should get my, if it's not too late, get the brand under the spotlight. Do you think? I, I do. I'm going to ask you a question though, Dan. I mean, I, this is probably a good point to express what we think brand is, because it's it's different things to different people. To someone, it will be a logo. To someone, it will be a strap line. To someone, it will be an advert. Um, so what, what what is brand to you? Well, to me, a brand uh, is the the overall experience that mm. I have when I deal with a person or a business. Um, and that experience could evoke an emotion. So it's how I feel when I buy a coffee in Starbucks. I've experienced an emotion of that particular brand. Um, there are other coffee shops available. But... Um, you know how it's it's also the reputation as well, brand, and so very much what you are saying about that person or that business when you go out with your mates. Oh, I had a fantastic burger down at such and such, and they wrap it up in foil and they hand it to you, and then you get your name on it and whatever. It's an it's the experience, it's the reputation, it's what people are saying about your business when you're not there, for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. It's it's um, it's an odd thing. It's it's <clears throat> at the same time it it's mercurial. In other words, it's hard to um, hard to get right, hard to define. You know, when I tell people I'm a brand strategist, they're like, "That means nothing to me." You know, it's not like yeah. like I'm a plumber. Yeah, you know, and it, we, we, you know, they've I, I, kind of conjured up this image of a little like Yoda-like uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am four foot tall, bald with bigger ears, actually. So, so they'd probably not be a million miles away from the truth. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, you know, it's 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 fluffy, isn't it? So, so, but at the same time, it's everything. If a business loses the brand, if they get it wrong, if they you know, if, if it gets damaged, then that, that business can go under. And we've, we've seen that happen, you know, time and time again. So so that, that's a really interesting paradox, I think. Um, and, and, you know, which is why I was keen to understand your your take on um, on what brand was. Yeah, and the, the biggest challenge that I have, and you will have as well, is, is, is explaining that value to the non-believers, um, why it's so important. Because most most business owners will see numbers or want to hear numbers. Mm-hmm. So if I spend this with you, what well, what's it going to do for me? Mm-hmm. And that, and it's you know, it's at that point where you've got you know to sit down and explain <laughs> explain it all. So hopefully, this podcast does a lot of that for a lot of people. Mm. Um, look, so we've talked about growth. We've talked about what growth for a company uh, who's working right with brand, what they might want to look at. Um, if they're not, uh, we've talked about what is brand. I've got another question that had popped up as a topic on this, which is what is brand optimization? Mm-hmm. I put, I've put a note like next to this one. It mm-hmm. says, sounds like a piece of PC software, that term optimization. <laughs> <laughs> What what do we do? What do you do that optimizes a brand? Yeah, what is brand optimization? Um, yeah. So um, full disclosure, it's a phrase I dreamt up four years ago. <laughs> However, cool. it, it you know it is something that I've tried and tested again and again and again and tweaked over time and. It, it works. It, brand optimization describes um, a brand that achieves six different different things. I'm going to go through these fairly slowly and labor them so that hopefully people can can um, get their heads around it. So, so an optimized brand will be, first of all, coherent. Secondly, consistent. Thirdly, it will be provable. Fourthly, it will be honest or authentic, if you like. Fifthly, it will be distinct. And then lastly, it will be scalable. And what I tend to do is, what I like to do is take a fairly um, sort of rough view of of a business's um, current state in terms of how optimized the, optimized their brand is. I will literally, Dan, go through their. I'll, I'll audit their website, their resources, their assets, the content, and I will score each of those six points out of ten. And I will, you know, me being me, I'll say, you know what, your brand is forty three percent optimized. <laughs> And clients go, what? Yeah. what do you mean it's 43% optimized? We dreamt up that brilliant brand in the pub that time a few years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, but, they liked, but the thing is, it's brilliant though, because that as a tool straight away, vis- it's, it's a visual thing. It's a visual thing. It's a, it's a point for discussion. It's a challenging thing. You know, it, 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 I only work with businesses who are open to channel, so challenge. So if at that point they're saying, you know, there's the door. We thought we were 82% optimized. I'm right, like, yeah. you know, fine, fine, you know, um, on you go, guys. And, and yeah. so, 
so 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 that's what I do, and I'll I'll also um, do the same for their core competitors, or their key competitors as well. So I'll I'll again, you know, look at carrying out an audit of um, you know competitors' marketing communications, competitors' websites and resources and and touch points and all those sorts of things, and 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 score the same. And that for me is is the start point of of where we want to get to because you know further on down the line having worked with with me and with you we can get to the point where we look back at it and say you know what our brand is you know it, it is much better in each of those six areas yeah and it's interesting because i remember when we talked initially and we looked at each other's process that i have my own scoring system it's it's very similar um, and it scores, it gives them a report. So it, it evaluates them across six core areas, similar to, to what you were talking about there. They're not the same, but they're very similar. And it, it is just that way to sit down with somebody and get that snapshot of what they do have and what they don't have. Um, and of course, as a designer, I'm, 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 I'm trying to probe a little bit, but you know, I, I like to understand what they've considered and what they don't and that determines essentially if they're going to be the right client to work with uh, incidentally i'm going to put links in the show notes for both uh, alistair's score audit if you want to get in touch with them about an audit um, and i'm going to put a link for everybody to my scorecard if that was something that they wanted to have a look at as well so i thought i'd just pop that in the audio here if anyone wants to go and check those out it'll be in the show notes so that's optimizing. That's brand optimization, right? It is, and well, well, it is as far as I'm concerned. Um, I might not be right. Um, who knows? <laughs> but but these are, you know, these are, uh, you know, th- these these are tools. These are ideas that, um, you know, I've, I've used for a number of years now, and and have seen companies who had hit that plateau that you were talking about before just break through you know and 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 get beyond that and, and grow yeah. um now so, yeah I was, sorry dan i was just going to say yeah how you go about that yeah i've talked about it in, in fairly sort of cold terms about carrying out audits but you know what it, a big part of the process is 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 talking to business owners stakeholders uh, customers, you know, suppliers. It, it's kind of getting that 360 view of how everyone feels about the brand. Because what will come out of that invariably is is the story, um, and having an opportunity to understand a business's story, a business's narrative, will lend itself to you know h- how we go about describing that brand to the marketplace and and as, as long as we can get that story authentically correct then we're on our first steps really towards towards optimizing the brand um once we've got that story authentic it, it, you know you can you can guarantee almost that the brand will be honest and provable hopefully there'll be something in that story that, that makes it distinct um by making sure that everyone understands what that story is it will be consistent and then by making sure that both in words and in pictures it's being correctly described it you know it can be coherent as well um i've i've, I've literally had a a session with a client of mine where where as a business owner we spent two and a half hours um getting getting the story out they didn't even realize it was in them but it was and at the end of it you know what they said is I'm exhausted. I feel like I've been through a psychoanalytical session or, or, <laughs> or counselling. Uh, but 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 you know this is this is this is where the good the magic happens. This is the good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm pleased you finished with that little story because I was about to say what's been the biggest or best brand optimization uh, reaction. So I think you've uh, I think you've probably just rounded it off quite nicely with that one i've had similar i mean it's similar with the brand identity side of things when you've spent that time with somebody and unlocked you know story positioning statements authentic points at the end of those sessions 
you know, when I've had somebody say that they, they likened it to the moment of Wizard of Oz where the film turns from black and white mm. to colour and suddenly what was in their head is out there and somebody's interpreted it right like 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 never before um and like you've just said that they feel like they've been in a psychoanalysis session they don't expect that and it's like an opening up often with with a lot of the workshops you the questions that you ask the way you ask them you know they don't expect it um and then the answers that that they give just as a creative whether and i you know, I'd say even as a brand strategist, you, you're very much a creative because you're taking that and then conveying it uh, creatively to to their audience. But yeah, I think um, I think we'll have to. I think we'll. I think brand optimization, even though that you, it's your phrase, it's 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 a good way to summarise. And I can see why you kind of arrived at, at, at that as a kind of summary. So get your brand optimised, eh? Do it today. <laughs> Do it now. I look, I'm looking at our little, uh, I'm watching the timer tick and I'm thinking, we've only done two topics. We need to be, um, we need to be pushing on. Not that we want to rush things, but um, I'm going to go straight on to the next topic, Alistair. Should we do it? Let's do it. And I actually like, I think, I think this one might be my favourite one. Why brand is your most important asset mm. go on then Dan why 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 is this your favourite I think it's because once like, a business or an individual guest like grasps that value of a brand but for me brand identity as well as I just said there's that penny dropping moment and they do realize that it is the most important asset and when you work you know with clients that are having that moment consistent like consistently with a brand identity as a designer you see that it's like that perfect like link from the from all of the groundwork and all the questions goes just leads like a, a lovely little yellow brick road, like Wizard of Oz, straight into the creative. And it's like, come with me. This is why brand is your most important asset. And they're just following you. And it's like, I don't just, it, it's such a really, it's just an enlightening moment for them, but it's a really rewarding moment for me when they realize mm. brand is their most important asset. And uh, when you do deliver a design, um, alongside these level of insights, the strategy um, that delivers that clear message um, and hits the the right emotional points. You know, as a brand identity designer, I like to be as simple but as clever as I can. Um, but I also have to ensure that I'm as considerate and as inclusive to the brand itself. So that, that's like the challenge out of each project. Mm. Um, and, and for me, there's always got to be a story behind the design. We talked about story all the time, telling that story. It's crucial. Um, it's that way, this way there's like that natural flow, like I was just saying, and it links from one stage to the next. And why brand is the most important asset is really, again, that if nobody... If you put it, if I can change it round and say, if you didn't, if you weren't seeking to be different through your brand, to me, life would be pretty boring. Like, imagine beans without Heinz, right? Mm. Um, imagine chocolate, but not in the shape of your favorite bar. So, just chocolate. Mm. So there's, there's these emotions that you attach to the brand and the brand identities and the experience you have when you engage with them. And that, for me, is why brand is the most important asset. Mm. It's why I'll buy Heinz beans, because I love Heinz. And I've 
they were the ones my mum bought and I'll like, you know, whatever the emotion at a time with them. Um, I might buy a Mars bar because they're my favourite and I love the package. Do you know what I mean? It's what, For me, that yeah. is why brand is, is the most important asset. Excellent. I love that. Um, it, it's... it's um, if I can offer my viewpoint, it's going to be slightly more contentious, I think. Um, well, I wouldn't have expected anything less. Because you're, because you're wrong. <laughs> and I'm going to be right. No. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, so one thing that, one thing that you touched upon there was, was um, in, in, in commercial terms, getting the money in, wasn't it? You know, you buy, you'll buy Heinz, um, because of you know those conscious and subconscious links, yeah. and the same for Mars bars, um, which those brands will love because at the end of the day, that means the money's coming on their bottom line. And um, I, you know, I think we all make. I, I think we all consciously or subconsciously have brands that we will always choose above others. And, you know, it's such an important part of um, business to make sure that yours is the one that, that people are choosing. Where I think I'm going to be slightly contentious is um, is this statement itself. Why, is, if, if you were to ask 50 business owners, what is your more important, important asset? I, I think the minority of them would say brand. I think the majority of them would say it's our people. I think another majority, can you have two majorities? I don't know. You can <laughs> you, you can on this podcast. You can now. I think another high proportion would say our intellectual property. Um, another would say our customers and so on and so forth. Now, I, I suspect the brand would factor fairly low down in in um in that scenario but i i think the brand is it's kind of all of those things and i increasingly see um you know valuations of of businesses um you know being dependent on 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 brand you know on marketing without a doubt but on you know, putting a value to to the brand, um, you know, and, and and that's why I think it's the, it's the most important asset. I, I think because a it combines all of those things together, or at least it should do. If that brand's optimized, um, but b it's just of such an increasing, um, you know, asset value um, to to your business. You know, regardless of what your exit strategy may or may not be. Yeah, and I like your answer. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was contradictory. Uh, okay. It was a different angle, but yeah, I liked it very much. Good. And I think I actually think at the mo in the state of the world at the minute, and obviously depending on when you're listening to this, we're I think we're pretty still much in the depth of a pandemic, um, where people aren't in workplaces, um, where people aren't meeting face-to-face as regularly as they once did. And the human interaction is as kind of the dwindling or dwindled. And so when you were saying there about that, that some people might say, um, our people, our star, brand, if you don't have that, that brand um, foundations, like we've said, that, when they're working at home, they it would be even easier to lose sight of, you know, who they work for and why they work for that business. And so, if you can, as a business, um, carry on just as effectively remotely um, with those with that staff being able to act uh, on behalf of your brand, then you're flying at the minute. Yeah, in, indeed. Um, I, I agree. I agree. And I think if anyone's not, if, 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 I don't know, I have not, I've not had the chat with business owners, with staff to see how they've got on with the challenges around, you know, with staff working remotely. 
but it's it, I, would, I would imagine if I was working for a business that once I was in a big office space with a team and now I'm at home on my kitchen table that's a massive um massive jump and in terms of you know I, I don't wear my little shirt with my logo on and I can't see the you know the wall art and the inspirational stuff that goes on in in meetings how do you how do you get that back and how do you work that through the business again when the team aren't necessarily there day in day out do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean and and i think this is where brand values and culture um cut, cut across each other um or are the same thing even um so I agree with what you're saying there, but it's also, you know, how as an individual do I motivate myself? You know, what's what's going to be the driving factor with me wanting to do the best I can for for the business when I am, you know, potentially working remotely? And if if as a business we understand authentically what we're trying to do, and if that is synthesized through our brand values which are our cultural values, then it, it should be easy, it should be easy. It should be possible for those people to remind themselves of who they stand for, what, what we're trying to do here, the greater good that we're trying to achieve, because it, it does come back to, you know, um, the fact that culture shouldn't, shouldn't sit within a, a, a business. It, it shouldn't sit within a, you know, a, a, a sort of four walls. It, it, it absolutely pervades um, beyond that as well. Do you ever get into the the realms of the, like the brand culture side of things with clients, or do you expect them to um, have enough knowledge once you've you know taken them through that uh, alignment process and then? and helping them with the strategy do you you go on to work with them on the culture yeah um a hundred percent um and and the reason for that is because um a a business might not have uh, we're going to get into this probably in the next um episode but but then but a business doesn't necessarily have the most honest understanding of what their culture is a business a business owner will generally have a feeling for what they want their culture to be but it's 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 often not there and if we can get the the brand side of things right and if that can yield a set of brand values then we've got a starting point for saying okay so if this is something that we want everyone in the business to live culturally then we need to start making sure that we are are, are, are living um that ourselves um so so yeah invariably the work i do leads into um into looking at how that is disseminated through 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 its staff but through all of its marketing communications as well so how many businesses that you've worked with have put a pool table or a table football in and said that they've got really good brand culture. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? I know it. It, it is. Um, or some fake grass, uh, <laughs> or a bar. <laughs> Seen that plenty of times as well. Seriously, though, how many? I mean, have you? I know of some. I'm not going to name names. I think. Um, I think that's part of it. You know, it's not a panacea. Obviously, but, but, that's, a, but it, that's a posh word for a podcast like this, Alistair. What you're gonna even I need to ask you what's a panacea? A panacea so it's not a silver bullet. So, right. I think what you're describing there is let's sort the canteen out, let's put some baby food in there, and everything will be fine because you know what? Um, people playing table football have to work together as a team, and that's what we stand for. But, but it's not, but, but then if you know, if if you get your tone of voice wrong with a difficult client who's ringing you up, uh, then, then that can do brand harm. And that's much more 
um, you know, prevalent than than um, than than what you do at lunchtime in the canteen. Um, so, so, so I. Th- but, but by you know having said that, I think that can be part of it. I think that you know, um, sort of open, transparent, positive cultures, you know, will encourage. Um, you know those types of working practices, flexible working, and, and so on and so forth. It's it's just not it, it's not the single silver bullet that's going to solve all of the problems. And thank you for that, because now I know what panacea is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna summarise where we've got to with the topics on this episode so far. So we've talked about typical growth cycle. We've kind of looked at what is brand optimization. Saying we've kind of, we have, not kind of. Uh, why brand is your most important asset, which I think has been the most. Wow, I love getting my teeth in on that one. Uh-huh. Um, we've got one more topic that we really wanted to look at on this first episode because, of course, we could have just done a four hour special, couldn't we, Alistair? <laughs> but we thought it would be a bit more digestible to just break it down a little bit, right? Mm. Um, brand strategy versus brand marketing versus tactical marketing. Hmm. Um, uh, shall I shall I kind of give my insights? It's a go for it's it. It's a crossover here, but shall I start? Go for it. Well, brand for me, and I I consider what I do is that that visual fuel for a successful mm. and consistent style of marketing. I like that. Do you like that? Mm. I typed it 10 minutes before we came on this show. <laughs> In typical designer fashion. No, it, it, it is. It's the best way for me to summarise it because the brand and the brand identity sit behind that marketing, whether it is tactical marketing or marketing strategy um for me brand brand is 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 at the hub of that um it's it's a critical part of a brand's journey when they get ready to market again whether they've got a new brand uh like they've rebranded or there's something that's changed it's it's important that it's communicated correctly um how it markets itself basically so as a as a brand designer i want to see the brand representing itself in the right way um engaging Mm. the customers uh, or the audience and evoking that the right response so i mean i personally offer a beyond brand package which will do that i kind of do that hand holding exercise if they don't have Uh, a creative director or a brand manager in-house to make sure that that... Because it's really important that those first steps, the first set of campaigns, if you like, uh, visually are on point. Because I've seen it so many times where uh, a client will get a folder of new design assets off uh, off a designer and they'll jump straight into Canva or give the work experience lad the loosest brief you've ever seen. Right. And, um, and things, well, they go downhill, don't they? And that's where the whole brand strategy, brand crossover into marketing, you know, for me needs to be well handled is probably the best summary. Love that. I, I wouldn't disagree. I, th- I think if I was to give an example of that, it would probably be... Mm. Well, before I do that, I think the reason why we are explaining this is because it's a it's an opaque area for people. I think, I think that where a brand strategy ends and a marketing strategy starts is a difficult one. I think where a marketing strategy ends and tactical marketing begins is difficult as well. Um, and I'm going to use content as as an example to hopefully explain my opinion of this. Con- content is a huge part of marketing these days. If you're not, yeah, actually, guys, if you're not across your content and basically forget about the last 45 minutes of what we said and put a content plan together. No, I'm only joking, but content is super, super important. Now, 
what you if we start with tactical marketing um start at the end almost um you will have pieces of content which will be distributed and will hopefully be hitting your target audience and how you plan for um you know when you're going to get that content out which social media channels it's going to use and so on and so forth is is is, is tactical marketing right that's that's how i see it now if you kind of take a step back in time how, how we came about the content that we required was through a content strategy part of your marketing strategy and that will be let's understand you know our target audience as as much as we possibly can let's work out um the decision making cycle that they will be on they'll be at different points of that and let's understand that we need a variety of content to be able to appeal to all of those different customer target segments and all of those different decision making um points of the journey as well and your marketing strategy will 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 handle that it will manage all of that but where brand strategy is important is because if you don't if you haven't covered the brand side of things you know bluntly speaking you're going to get the words wrong you're yeah. going to get the tone of voice wrong the personality is going to be wrong it's going it, it, to it's going to i mean it, it well, do you, sorry to jump in do you think that's where you've got your your gaps appear so that you know if you haven't got the brand right and you're putting together this marketing strategy you get the you get those opportunities where a marketing manager a marketing director leads on something without direction um it is definitely and and i think it harks back to what you were saying about uh, often people think marketing means you know let's get the money in let's generate leads um, but but if you haven't fully considered um, your tone of voice and your position and and you know all these things that brand uh, optimization will do for you, then you're going to miss more often than you hit. You're going to be inefficient. Why? Because kind of comes back to where we started this cast off nicely. Um, be because it's going to be consistent and and the market will will not tolerate it it'll be confusing it'll run away and you'll, yeah. you'll lose all of those opportunities and the other thing Alistair that I've found tell me it's with a specific size of business so I guess that kind of SME if they're 10 to 20 employees but let's say they've got a marketing marketing director but they've got no formal documented brand strategy that person um takes it on the shoulders to there's their job to be marketing the business but when they so basically they're coming up with what they think is the right way to do this if they if they hit that brick wall which you will as a marketing board like what what can we do for this campaign how can we sell this number of units mm. i believe that they turn to um to hire figures, figureheads for guidance. So they'll probably sit down with the MD. But then what happens is you've got an MD who probably just starts to express his own um, side of the story. And this is right back to the beginning that you were saying where you don't do it in the pub because it's not... Is it, is it objective I'm looking for as a word? You're not looking at it objectively? Correct, yeah, that's right. And so you've got a marketing manager looking to sell products, but being steered by someone who just, you know, not really considered the brand. And it gets, yep. it's a vicious circle. Yep, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I think that takes us nicely back to where we started. Um, but we'll feed in perfectly into what we're going to be talking about next time around as well um it will i think i feel like we have come to a good conclusion for that first episode i don't know if there's anything else you want to add on that last one but I th- you know i think i think ac- accidentally or otherwise we've got to where we wanted to be have we not done i think so i'll look at the look at that we're perfectly on an hour wow which i know when we chatted we said 
let's try and do it you know half an hour 45 minutes but with this being episode one we wanted to do a little intro yeah tell every tell everybody uh why who what all that kind of stuff a brand you know um and i think we've done it i, I hope everybody that listens has gleaned some value from it absolutely um, i think i have <laughs> likewise <laughs> So, look, I'm going to round it off and say, listen, thank you, Alston. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Brand Scran. Uh, so it was brought to you by Divided by Brand. Um, if you've enjoyed this one, this episode, please leave a review and hit share. Uh, then go and check out the next episode in this brand-focused mini-series. So I'll put links in the show notes to connect with Alistair or myself so it'll be websites or emails or LinkedIn uh, whatever platform you are on we'll pop links in there so thank you for listening and don't forget if you're not proud of your brand how do you expect anyone else to be